Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I said, you're a pretty good deal like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Welcome back, boys and girls, to a late night edition of Gate 7 International. And this is an Ethniki Omada late night podcast, boys and girls. Got a couple of things we want to get into today, but first and foremost, as always, a couple of quick housekeeping items. Uh, first and foremost, guys, we told you the docu-series for Olympiacos DC is starting up. They had their first game, first win, and the first installment of the docu-series is coming out this week. Keep an eye on this space. It should be coming out tomorrow in U.S. Eastern Standard Time, and it'll be, uh, if not tomorrow, then Saturday. Uh, the boys also have the finals coming up for the Stewart Cup. So congratulations to Olympiacos DC for getting there. And it's going to be a great game against a really, really good team. And we are going to be wishing them well all the way. And lastly, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Piraeus International. Thank you, Piraeus International. If anybody is looking to ship anything to Greece or back, it could be marble, it could be olive oil, you name it. You need to get it to Greece or back. Piraeus International is the team to help you. Contact our friends at sales at PiraeusINTL.com or give them a call at 410-675-4696. Costa, how are you feeling today, buddy? I'm great. Always good to be uh, to be back on the podcast. Uh, always good to uh, to chat with you boys. Always, uh, always a fun subject. Always fun <laughs> subjects. Perhaps today's subject is not as fun as the usual subjects we have, but anyways... And uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about the docu-series, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's good. I got to see the, uh, the we'll say like the last cut before the final thing. So it looks good. It's, I think it's, people are going to enjoy it. Speedo7, thank you for joining us, buddy, from Rhodes. Love it. Guys, if What's you're checking up, in, make sure you tell us where you're from. We love to see where everybody's chiming in from. Now, Costa, I want to get started with some jokes. I love jokes. And I know you love who jokes. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like jokes? We all we all love jokes. Well, there's a good big jokes. joke. And a there's... good dad joke. <laughs> I do love me you're some dad, dad jokes. You're a dad. I am. And let me tell you, I I, I love me some dad jokes. But uh, th this is a joke, maybe not so good, but it still made me laugh altogether. From Bauk's head coach, Razvan Luchescu. He was in the Romanian press, and they were discussing you know, the, his time at Bauk and, and the league. And his what he told them was about more or less about the state of the league. And I, I don't have the exact quote here, but it started off with Olympiacos has 20 titles and Bauk has three. Which is not the, accurate. But which is not accurate not at all. The first one's not accurate, yeah. But whatever. Mm-hmm. The league was created for them. That's what I have on the translation here. If it, if the Google Translate the was correct from Romania, is created the system, for them. the system is created for them. I.e., Olympiacos. Yeah, exactly. The system is created for them, and 
he continues on and on. It's more of the same. I find that hilarious. I found it hilarious that the head coach of the team that has received more penalties in the last four years, every year, is complaining that this league is made for us. The team that when they ask for a postponement of a game, they get it within 48 hours. When we ask for a postponement, it takes a week, and we usually still get a no. I don't know about you, but I laughed. This made me laugh. Well, uh, I, it's actually, if, if I think it is a historic moment because I think Razvan Lucescu became the billionth person in the universe to say those words <laughs> about Olympiacos never deserving any title. Well, I mean, you, you said about jokes, so I did my best there. Hope it wasn't too bad, guys. But um, in general, I mean, first off, I'd like to say that I found the I found the um, the statement to be um, a bit strange because uh, he contradicted himself. Because what he said during that interview is that he did mention that the system is made for Olympiacos and it favors Olympiacos, but then he said he's confident for uh, for Pauk's future, which is what you just said. The system is rigged. How are you confident about your team's? Your team doing well? How, how are you confident about your team flourishing if, you, if the system is rigged? And obviously, there's the question. I mean, when Olympiacos sucked, I'm still not very comfortable uh, cursing in the show, but anyone can finish that sentence. In 2018, Olympiacos were terrible and they finished third, the worst Olympiacos team since the Petri Nachronia, since the, the, I don't know how you, how you translate it, and it was the stone years, whatever, the dark days when they couldn't win a title no matter what for 10 whole years. The worst Olympiacos since then in 2018. Uh, and uh, was that rigged? Was that because of the system that Olympiacos were third? Was the system around when Pauk won the title undefeated and won the double at the same time as well? I mean, was the system taking a break? Was the system on maternity leave? I mean, obviously the Greek league is not the fairest of them all. Obviously there is a dark past in there. Uh, and honestly, like, I'm not, I don't feel very confident. I don't feel very, I feel a little weird talking about Pauk in this show because Pauk are not, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, Pauk will never, ever, ever, ever be Olympiacos' biggest rivals. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how many titles they win. I don't care who's their, who, who they get, who's their new owner. I don't care who's their manager, who the players are. And Olympiacos will never be Pauk's biggest rivals ever because Aris will always be. Pauk's biggest rival. Panathinaikos will always be Olympiacos' biggest rival. So, I mean, as a sports journalist myself, I think the only thing Olympiacos have to do here is just not let them get that under their skin. Concentrate on your house. Concentrate on winning the league because there have been a couple of hiccups. Concentrate on winning the double and concentrate on building a team because you got a lot of work coming up this summer. It's important not to let that get under your skin. Absolutely. You're 100% right. And as much as I'm happy for them, you know, congratulations for them for making it as far as they have in the UEFA Conference League. Good on you. I don't think they're going to get past Marseille. That's my personal opinion there based on what I've seen. But at the same time, Luchescu, you're a clown. Those are clown comments. You have benefited from the officiating more than any other team so far this season. You have received more foul calls, more penalties than anybody else. And for you to make comments like that is a joke. Hence, you're a clown. Well, we'll leave it there, Costa. I don't think we need to say anything more about that. No. But before we jump into the ethnic E overview, there has been major news about UEFA restructuring financial fair play. And boys and girls, we did say we were going to get into that today. 
And the news is that financial fair play officially is going, it's going away. I know it's been kind of a skeleton crew and things have sort of been monitored. Clubs have sort of been getting things checked, but it hasn't really existed in its true form. It, all of the pundits are saying right now that UEFA is completely overhauling it. It's going to be a simpler system, and it's yep. basically all football-related expenses. A club cannot expend, or a club cannot spend seventy percent, more than seventy percent of its more income on all football-related expenses. So I have been informed by individuals that, though at least more than I do, that this means that owners. Share capital increases of owners do not count as income. So if an owner is doing a share increase, like Marinaki just did, of 10 million euros, that is not counted towards the overall figure. So that doesn't increase how much we can spend relative to our income. All of it is capped by how much income we receive. The reason I bring that up is because I have seen a lot of people on our Instagram on social media, all over the place, Greek and diaspora, complaining, telling Marinaki he needs to invest and we need to make expenditures. I'm sorry, guys. If this new overhaul goes into effect as it stands, that will not matter. It does not matter how much money Marinaki dumps into the team unless he can figure out how to format a marketing or sponsorship deal so that it looks like income. A share capital increase does not mean we can spend more in a transfer window. That is how it's been explained to me as of now. If anything changes, of course, we will let you know. This will affect us, guys. It does affect Olympiacos how we spend because this past summer, COVID summer, we didn't have much income. We had the Champions League money and whatever small gate receipts we got from when we could have fans in the stadium. Okay? This coming summer, it's much more dire. Our champ, Our, our European money, I should say, is a fraction of what we got last season for competing in the Europa League. It's a fraction. About a third is what it's looking like. So that means those revenues, plus whatever we've collected from sponsorship stadiums and our TV revenues, that's what we can spend, 70% of that. And it's not just on transfers. It's everything. It's our salaries. It's everything, which means we already didn't spend much as it was. You know what I mean? We, we were usually pretty frugal. But pre-COVID, Martins was barely breaking 20, 20 million euros in summer transfer windows. I doubt we will even be able to spend that much this summer. Not that we would have anyway, because, you know, for the rest of the season, we'll have full stadiums. I don't know how that's going to affect the revenue in that respect, but it's not going to be much. So don't expect some of these big ticket sales or sorry, big ticket purchases unless we make big ticket sales. Costa. How do you see this? How do you see this affecting Olympiacos? Well, I mean, you know, to me personally, uh, that side of the transfer business has always been quite a mystery because I'm, I'm rarely privy to a club's uh, budget. It's not like when Newcastle get get taken over by a Saudi-led <laughs> consortium for three and a half uh, billion, uh, uh, three and a half billion pounds, uh, three hundred and five billion pounds. Excuse me. Um, all I understand about financial fair play, I mean, one thing, I, I got to see a, an old interview from Matthew Said from uh, quite a while back from the Times. 
And he basically said the financial fair play is not for teams to splash too much money. It's for teams not to lose too much money. Financial fair play also has to do about paying your employees. Uh, And basically now we are at a turning point what's happening with Abramovich because Roman Abramovich, the reason why he took over Chelsea was to hide from, from Vladimir Putin. How do we say it in English? Hiding in open sight from Vladimir Putin. That's what he wanted to do. And now the uh, the team from Abu Dhabi that took over Manchester City with Sheikh Mansour uh, running things and the team from Qatar with Nasser Al-Khelaifi running things at Paris Saint-Germain, they're basically, they're mainly doing it to protect themselves from a potential, um, uh, from a potential clash between Israel and Iran. So it's not, I mean, it's not because they were fans. There are, there are interests involved in this, but when it comes to the FFP alone, it's not because teams are spending too much, it's because teams are losing too much. Now, I don't know what the new system is. I'm going to have to look it up. But yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to Olympiacos, I mean, money, the money aspect of football has changed a lot. I, I couldn't expect Olympiacos to, to, to be able to do more than what they've been doing in the past few years. But Olympiacos have proven to be pretty good in uh, the way they scout talent, especially from Africa. So who knows? Let's see. Yep, and you're absolutely right. That was the that was the idea behind FFP. When FFP came into play, it was during the global recession, if you remember, after the major global market crashes following the CDO market implosion. Mm-hmm. Watch the big short if you guys don't understand what I'm talking about. Great movie, explains everything. But clubs because of that the whole world went into a financial crisis greece was everybody remembers the bailout issues it was a mess it was ugly clubs were going belly up all over the place so uefa put into f put ffp into play because at the time clubs were getting it was easier to get credit easier to get loans for clubs to spend money and that was unsustainable because something like this happens clubs get belly up they lose a lot of money and creates this whole ecosystem of financial failure. So the idea behind this is that FFP itself also failed in a way. Look at what happened every time they went after a major club, Manchester City, PSG. They couldn't do anything. This was only punishing small clubs. So in that, FFP failed. And in the end, we found out that FFP didn't even really prevent a lot of clubs from going belly up anyway. It didn't make the situation as you know better like we thought it could so now it's going to be a simpler system they're just saying listen your total expenditures can't be more than 70 percent of income period that's it done is this going to affect big clubs not really premier league clubs that are getting over 600 million euros of revenue manchester city 640 million euro revenues they don't care that's not going to change their expenditures at all no way but it will change smaller clubs, maybe clubs that leaned a little bit more on credit, that were a little bit savvier with how they did their balance sheets uh, for certain things. Now it's going to be a little bit more straightforward. You don't make this much money, you can't spend this much. And I, like I said, if this gets passed, which they believe it will and will go into effect for next season, it will affect our summer. We'll see more free transfers like kind of what we saw. And we won't be spending big unless we sell big. Loan deals as well. And a lot of loan deals. That's what I'm expecting as well. So uh, just wanted to touch 
just on to, wanted to touch on that for everybody. Uh, Fethano, small clubs can't launder their money as well as the bigger clubs. <laughs> with the, with the, yes, when you have less revenues, that means you can launder less. That's correct, Fethano. Uh, well, without further ado, Costa, let's get into it. This is what we've been waiting for, what we've been waiting to talk about, the call-ups for the Greek national team. Gus Poyet, this is the first time we're going to see what he does with the team in any capacity. We've got two friendlies coming up. One is going to be against uh, Romania. And, of course, we have the other one against, um, oh, my God, Montenegro. Montenegro. Thank you. I actually went to Montenegro. I went to KOTOR right before the summer before COVID. It's a lovely pace, lovely beaches. They're not as good as Greek speeches. Greece's beaches, my God, I'm getting caught up with speech here, but it's a lovely place. Anyway, we have the call-up list in front of you guys here. Goalkeepers, no surprises, but a couple of surprises on in the center back. We'll just run through the list real quick. In, for, for the defensive call-ups, we have Zavelas, Kadzidiakos, Mavropanos, Kostas Simikas, Stafilidis, who is actually injured, and Liratsis was called up as his replacement. Dimitris Gutas, Yorgos Kiriakopoulos, Dimitris Nikolaou, Lazarus Ropa, Rota. Rota. So that's our defensive core, with the, the change being that Stafilidis got himself injured, no surprise, and Liratsis has taken his place. Yeah. Costa. Yes. Were you surprised by any of the defensive call-ups? Well, I did expect to see uh, Costas Manolas, but it didn't happen because um, Manolas asked not to uh, to be part of this uh, international break. There has been a communication between him and Gus Poye, reminding you all that Gus Poye has opened the door for everyone. So what happened with uh, with John Van Schiep, that, uh, that uh, iron curtain that existed then no longer exists right now. Other than that, I wasn't really... Um, I wasn't really uh, surprised by what I'm seeing. Uh, obviously, I mean, I've been here, I've been at the podcast so many times. There's Greece has no right back, but there is one player who wants to play for Greece and can play for Greece, and that's George Baldock from Sheffield United, who has also been linked with the move to Olympiacos. That would have been a luxury buy for Olympiacos. That's how bad things are, a championship player. Yep. Uh, Greece really need to work on that. They really, really need to work on the bulldog situation. He needs to come to, to and play for Greece. It did not take that long for, for Jose Jolevas. It did not take that long for Carlos Zeca. Get him over. Uh, I agree with you there. I took issue with two call-ups in particular. One, which I guess the point is a little bit moot now because he got himself injured before the international break, Stafilidis. I don't care if he's in form. I don't give a shit. You will never convince me that he should be a part of this team. His time is done, and I don't want to see his name on a team sheet again. The, there, I'm sorry. There's We have better center backs available. I'd rather take a younger center back over him. That's exactly how I feel about that. Another one, Savelas. I'm sorry. I know some people believe that he had a decent qualifying campaign. I didn't see it. I've done numerous Numerous shows, analysis depicting why I think Tavelas is not a good defender. He's playing shitty at Ike too. I'm done with him. Now, understandably, Costa, you brought up that Manolak couldn't make it. If in his stead, I understand, you know, you need a senior leader there, and that's probably why he's there. I get it, but I'm 
for me, I'm I'm done. My hands are washed of Zavellas. I think he's a garbage human being with some of the things that he's done. I don't like his personality, and I don't want him as a part of my national team. If it were my choice, goodbye. I'm sorry. There's four or five other center backs that I think are better than you anyway. Well, I mean, when it comes to Stafilis, I haven't seen him play. I mean, he used to be a really good player. I haven't seen him for a while. But, I mean, if he deserves it, if he's informed, then I honestly don't have a problem with that. Because at the same time, I still believe Sokarats Papastathopoulos can offer a lot to the Greek national team, whether it is on the pitch or off the pitch. Same with Siovas, if he finds a new team and if he manages to get informed. Obviously, Siovas should be part of this team. Obviously, I would like to see Retsos finally doing something on the pitch. He's had a lot of injuries. He's been very unlucky, but he needs to uh, he needs to up his game. Uh, in my opinion, Boyan needs to re- he needs to find that old defensive flair Greece had. The, the, the reason Greece has been so successful yes. from two, 2004 to 2014 was because they were so good defensively. So I think that's something that needs to be uh, that needs to, that Gus Boyan needs to find. Yep, and Staffy Levis actually. Uh, if you look at his club, he's been playing as a right back. So I think he was called up f- to play right back. Yeah, and makes sense. one thing that I took issue was, I don't understand why we called up him and not a right back that has played quite well in Greece for the last two seasons. And that's Saliakas. Yeah. Saliakas has played very well. I thought he deserved a call up. I, I don't understand. I mean, between John Van Ship calling him up and not using him in this, but whatever it's friendlies. I'll give, I'm going to give Poyet the benefit of the doubt. Otherwise, I was fine with all the other call-ups. I've wanted to see Nicolau in there. I actually like Aix Lazaros Rota when he's mm-hmm. going forward. I think he's a solid wing back that overlaps quite well. Defensively, okay. I don't think he's that good. But I think we need help attacking as well. We don't get service, and I think we need as much offensive talent as we can possibly get. Um, then, uh, in terms of the midfield segment, we have... Manoli Siopis, Marios Vrusai, who is not joining the team. He and Yorgos Masuras had COVID, so they will not be a part of the team. Andreas Buchalakis, Christos Kurfalidis, a very exciting one there. Sotiris yeah. Alexandropoulos, a player that I have enjoyed as well. Uh, Dimitris Libnios, Petros Madalos, Yorgos Masuras, also, as I mentioned before, with COVID. Tasos Pacasetas. So... You are well. I guess I can include uh, Tasos Luvikas and Pelkas here because they're technically not strikers; they're they're forward wingers as well. So that is your core. Now I know that uh, between Masuras and Vrusai, there was another call up made as a replacement. Um, I have to pull it up here, but there was a replacement being called up uh, at the very least in that position for one of them. I don't remember who it is. I'll have it pulled up. But I was not, given what's available to us, I was not super upset with these mm. call-ups. I liked this shot in the dark here at uh, Gurfalidis. Fetano here, what you guys think of Gurfalidis being called up with 150 minutes of pro football? Listen, I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie there. I was definitely shocked when I saw his name on the sheet. But you know what? I don't mind seeing in a friendly here him taking a shot on a guy. He might not play. I doubt he will, but I like him seeing, I like seeing that he's picking somebody at the very least that could grow with the team. A young guy he's doing from what I, what I've been seeing at least in, in Italy and what people have said about him so far that he's promising. So I'm okay with that. 
Uh, Alex Adropoulos, uh, he is a player that I believe we need to begin building our new midfield core around. I think Alex Adropoulos is a very talented player, Panathinaikos player. And, you know, if we could ever see Sorlis break into the starting 11 at Lubiakos, I would love to see at some point in the Ethniki's future again. This is a little bit of a dream here. May or may not happen. Who knows what their career paths will be. But Surlis and Alexandropoulos, a young midfield that you can build the national team off of. That's something that I would like to see. But I'm not surprised to see some of the other names here. Bukalakis, Limno, Bacasetas. Uh, these are all guys that have been a part. And it doesn't surprise me that we'll see them in there. Costa, how did you feel? Well, I mean, first off, it was Andrutsos was called up after Andrutsos and Vrusai had to uh, withdraw. Thank uh, you for that. Yes. So, yeah, he's a midfielder, but has been playing a right back for the past two years. Uh, as for Kurfalidis, it was um, Fetanos is right. He only made like two appearances uh, for Cagliari Just two. In, uh, yep. in the Serie A. Uh, but it's because of what he did at the Primavera, the youth league in Italy, with 22 appearances. And I think there's like three goals and five assists. If I'm yes. not mistaken over that, three goals, five assists That's in the correct. Primavera. Um, yeah, why not? You know, it is Greece. We are not spoiled for choice. It's not like he t- really took anyone's spot over there. Zeka is missing because he's injured. Fortunis is missing because he is still injured. There's a player that Greece is, has been really, really missing uh, the past uh, two to three years because of consistent injury niggles. I... I as I said, like, I mean, the only thing that has made me upset so far in all the players that we've mentioned is the fact that George Baldock is still not in the team. He still doesn't have the paperwork done. This yep. is, a, in my, I honestly believe that if we had this player as right back, that would really revolutionize our game. He'd bring the Premier League slash championship, English, uh, English um, aura into our game, an English factor into there. He, I mean, when, when Sheffield United, uh, during Sheffield United's debut season in the Premier League, no one played more minutes than George Baldock in yep. the Premier League. Yep. Uh, you, I, cannot I tell me, you cannot tell me Andrutsos Mavrias and Vrusai and Salyakas are any better than George Baldock. You cannot tell me that ever. Uh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%, but we know how that is. I mean, if... If the rumors are true that Olympiakos is interested in George Baldock, we will be the reason he gets his Greek citizenship. We will figure that out faster than Epo will to get that done. That's yeah. I guarantee you that. And Kaziovanis was the other one, by the way, that was called in as a replacement. Oh, was he? I didn't know. Yes, that. Uh, Fetanos has that, and he said, "I uh, Fetanos says Kaziovanis can't believe why Labru wasn't called up instead of him." Yeah, Lazarus yeah. Labru has been playing also very well. I, I've never, I've never been a huge fan of Kaziovanis. I think. Yeah. Uh, I I just think he has a low football IQ. He's a player that does actually have some skill. He has some flair. Does have technique, but he doesn't have the brain to go with it. So we'll look. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All things considered, based on what's available, without a healthy Cosas Fortunis, you know, we this is kind of the best we have. At least yeah. until we can see something else from some of the other younger guys. It's I understand. And then we, of course we have our three strikers. Yakumakis, Yorgos Yakumakis for Celtic, who has just been putting goals away. Kuluris for Atromiros, who also has been scoring recently. He's had his scoring boots on in the last few weeks. And then, of, always, Vagelis Pavlidis. And obviously, guys, we, we Duvikas is listed here also as a forward. 
but he also plays striker. And Duvikas has been a very exciting player. Uh, so I think we have four decent striking options. Gouloudis, for me, never really does it for the national team. No. But I understand why he's been called up. Pavlidis has been... Uh, there's a there's a love-hate relationship with a lot of Greek fans and Pavlidis because he has games where he looks he does well, he links up well, but then he has other games where he just can't finish. Well, most games, I'd say he just can't finish. Uh, but I am happy to see Yakumakis. I mean, one of the more irritating things with John Van Schip for me as a coach was that we had Yakumakis here who couldn't stop scoring and was literally single-handedly saving a team in the Netherlands from relegation, and he wouldn't call him up. And when he did call him up, okay, he didn't do much, but we couldn't get him the service. You have to figure out how to get this guy service. This is one of the best goal scorers that we have right now in terms of form, him and Duvikas. You figure out how to get those guys into the team and how to get them service. That's why JVS failed, because he couldn't figure out how to get service, couldn't figure out how to make opportunities, and we failed. So I'm curious he to see what for many what he reasons. Does. We didn't just <laughs> we, we, laundry list. Laundry I'm sorry. List I'm reasons. sorry. Yeah, I had to come. I had to, 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 to do this. <laughs> but how do you feel about the striking options, Costa? I got to say, uh, another thing that Gus Poyer could work with is maybe finally giving Greece some attacking flair. Because, yeah, obviously, Yakumaikis and Pavlidis are not uh, Kylian Mbappé and Erling Haaland, very, very far away from that. But they've been having. Some really good seasons. I mean, let's let's have a look. Vigelis, uh, Vigelis Pavlidis, 10 goals in 26 matches in the Eredivisie, 4 goals in 8 matches in the conference, a total of 17 goals in 40 matches across all competitions. That's almost one goal every two every two games. That is not at all bad for, for a player playing in the, in, in the Netherlands. Now Jakumaikis had a very slow start for obvious reasons because he didn't have a preseason uh, at Celtic. He was playing for the biggest team in Scotland. The demands were sky high, and the guy now has been piling up the goals. Uh, eight goals in 14 Premiership games. That's almost one goal every two games. 12 goals, a total of 12 goals in 22 matches across all competitions. He's proving that what was happening at Fenlo was not, uh, was not a fluke. Uh, he is putting, in my opinion, to an extent at least, he's putting Ike to shame that they couldn't see it, that this is a player who... Once he gets momentum, he can't stop. Uh, I have a lot of faith for uh, for Yakumaikis, a little more than Pavlidis, but I have a lot of faith for Pavlidis as well. But Yakumaikis is proving to be quite is proving to be quite a scorer. That if he keeps it up the same way, he could start bringing back he could start bringing shades of Nikos Machlas, who was yeah. killing it with Vitesse and uh, and Ajax Vitesse, if I remember correctly, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm actually. Um, I do like what I'm seeing from the attacking options. Obviously, there's no one else really to uh, to call up. Uh, I, I I I feel like Duvikas is a very exciting prospect. Yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah. And in general, I mean, are we gonna are we are we also gonna cover like uh, Poye or are we, uh, are we planning on, go, on going to Poye as well? Yes, of course, of course, we will. Okay, cool. The, so, yeah, the one thing I want to say for. I want to say for Duvikas as well. In all competitions in for uh, FC Utrecht. He's got eight goals, three assists. Eight goals, three assists. Seven goals, three assists. Just in the league itself, uh, it's twenty-eight total appearances. He's got one goal, I think, in the Dutch Cup. 
So that's that's also not bad either. But what I really like about Duvikas is some of the the underlying statistics for him, some of the underlying data, the number of touches he has in the penalty area, the service that he provides. It's all very positive. It's all very good. He's he he has a plenty of buildup in him. And this is what I like to see from a player like that. You have to have strikers that are out and out poachers out and out strikers like Yakumakis is but you also have to have some that can be a little bit creative that can make something from nothing that can assist you in build up in case the game calls for it because not every game will be a game that Yakumakis can excel in you need somebody that can give you something different and that's Duvikas Pavlidis is also a decent hold up striker at club level he's he can hold the ball up well he can play off for the national team he just doesn't have the finishing touch and that's what we've seen here but all in all we have some some very some exciting striking options, and I'm very curious to see what Gus Poyet does with those. Uh, and I'm I'm very 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 curious to see how Gus Poyet approaches this. And now that we're on it, and it sounded like you were getting excited to talk about him, let's talk about Gus Poyet. Give me give me some opinions because we haven't really talked about him on this show as a coach and what we feel about him. But go ahead. Give me your opinion on Gus Poyet. What do you think about him as a coach? And do you think he has what it takes to at least do better than JVS? Well, I mean, I was a bit surprised when uh, Gus Poyet was announced as the new manager in the sense that if you look at the previous managers Greece have had, they were quite not the kind of manager that was around, not a lot of success under their belt, not a lot of name value as well. I'm not... I'm not saying Gaspoyev, for example, has, has been as successful as a Fernando Santos or Otto Heikel, not even close in his career. But uh, for one, Greece now finally have a manager and not, a, and not an apprentice. They have a real manager now in the dugout. Right. And Gaspoyev, considering the opportunities he had throughout his career, started out as uh, Juan de Ramos' assistant at Tottenham went to Brighton with zero experience under his belt and helped them and promoted them from League One to the championship and was and was re- awarded as the best manager in League One with zero experience. Uh, he took over Sunderland, a sinking ship, in the 2013-2014 season. We all know where Sunderland went shortly after and how low they have fallen. I mean, they've been in League One for many years now. And Gus yeah. you saved them from relegation. Of course, he was sacked. Uh, a year later, obviously, a man, and he did a great job with Ike. I mean, he, they finished third, but he beat Panathinaikos and Olympiakos in succession and took them to the Greek Cup final. Uh, Ike didn't win the Greek Cup because of Stelios Manolas in the dugout, they won thanks to Gus Poye's amazing work. And they beat a strong Olympiakos team that uh, that year. I mean, that was Marco Silva, yeah. in the dugout, you know, uh, yeah, who's, who's, who's now a mainstay in English football. Yeah, and they also won a lot of derbies. Like Ike, Ike was king of the derbies that season. They were a scary team under him, and they when when they fired him because he had mentioned that he was going to be leaving. That's yeah, when the that's he when jumped the gun, right? And that's when they started. To, that's when they started to struggle and obtain a few more losses here and there. I don't think I don't think that statistically they could have done anything to that point anyway to advance that maybe second place they could have but they never I don't think they were going to win the title but he had he was he had built a great team that season. It did. So very interesting but for me I my question more for Gus Poyet about Gus Poyet is the personality. Mm-hmm. He has he doesn't care 
if he's in public or not with some of the things he says. He's going to speak what's on his mind. He speaks his mind, yes. So, and a lot of people have seen that and talked about it uh, all over social media. There's been discussions about whether or not this is he can cause an issue in the locker room. But the funny thing for me is, is this the type of personality maybe that would be helpful for Greece? Maybe instead of somebody that keeps everything in and we don't know what's going on or whatever, maybe somebody that is willing to give a little bit of attitude back to Epo or back to anybody else? I don't know, because there have been a few players who have given Epo a, a, a little bit of attitude, and we all saw where that went. Uh, he's obviously not going to hold back, and that's why I think it's a double-edged sword, because on one hand, he's not going to let anyone walk right. all over him or make him, you know, call. He's Nobody's going to tell him who to call. Exactly. Nobody's going to make him call someone, or he's not going to, they're not going to make him not call someone. Right. But then again, he did fall out with, uh, with Bordeaux because he spoke out about two players that were, uh, were sold. Uh, he did jump the gun with Ike. Uh, I don't know. That could go either way, really. Uh, he has, a, he has a, a very interesting challenge ahead of him. I'm not too sure how he's going to, how is he, how he will want to work with Greece. On that uh, in terms of formation, like those two games are going to be very interesting uh, to watch. But like I said, Greece finally have a manager now, not an apprentice. Yep. The way I envision it is it's either going to succeed spectacularly, like mm-hmm. it's going to be a spectacle with what goes on and it'll work, or or it's going to be Athanasiadis level like implosion where the players and him are screaming at each other and it just becomes a mess. Like I only see it working in one of two extremes. I Anastasiadis, you mean? Not Anastasiadis. Anastasiadis. What did yeah. I say? Anastasiadis. Oh, yeah. I, I got a little, little I'm, I've been tongue tied all night tonight, so I it's apologize. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm getting messed up with everything here, but yes, I just see it see, like one of two extremes. It could be, it's going to work really well. And I see it working really well with some, public displays maybe that will come to laugh about or the opposite direction. I don't see a middle of the road here. I see it working in one of the two extremes, but that's, that's, that's my opinion. And we'll see if it happens. I could be completely wrong. It's just, I laugh thinking about that. He is a manager of big games because with Sunderland, he beat Newcastle in the, in the, in the Tyneside Derby. Mm-hmm. He took Sunderland to the league cup final by eliminating Manchester United in the semifinals. And what do Greece want? What's the first big goal Greece have? Win the Nations League group to get to Group B. That is the that is the first challenge. And you know what? He's fighting for the Euros. Surely Greece can do this right now. Surely Greece have enough quality to make it. I mean, look at North Macedonia. What they did today to Italy. Thanks to North Macedonia, Portugal are going to the World Cup now. That's amazing. That's incredible. Fernando <laughs> Santos definitely not going to be the next Greece manager. <laughs> no so. way. <laughs> no way. But, I mean, it has been an insult watching teams like North Macedonia or Albania. or I mean, obviously, no disrespect to those countries, no disrespect to their football. But you cannot tell me that the 2004 European champions and mainstays in Europe and the World Cup until 2014 don't belong in that group when you have teams without uh, when you have teams like that in there. Uh, I do hope that Boye is going to do something about the mentality because he, he was a great player. Gus Boye was a fantastic yeah. player back in his heyday for Tottenham yep. and Chelsea as well. 
he was actually the first ever Uruguayan manager in the pre- to to work in the Premier League. How's that for a stat for you? I did not know that. I didn't first know he was ever the first ever Uruguayan. First ever Uruguayan wow. in the Premier League. That's interesting. He, I have he, no idea. He knows English football. He knows South American football. He knows English football as well. So it's all about bringing some mentality as well, creating characters. Because Costas Levoyani said it so. Costas Levoyani said it so so perfectly and eloquently. We don't see any characters in the locker room. Who's the character in the locker room? Who's the one who's going to speak up? Who's the one who's going to put everyone in line? Gasparier is the kind of manager with so much experience. Yeah, no, no notable titles, but. A lot of scalps, a lot of promotions, a lot of, a lot of relegation battles in Britain, which is which are fucking fierce. They are really hard. I, I I'd be very interested to see a manager like Razvan Lucescu uh, managing a Premier League side uh, who's struggling to avoid relegation. That'd be very interesting. Right. It's not easy. I'm very excited yeah. about the the future. I this is the honeymoon, obviously now for Gasparia. Obviously, we want to see results. Let's see what happens in the next two friendlies. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will. But while we're on that, so we we kind of address the players, the coach. How about what do you see for the formation? What do you expect to see as formation for the Greek national team under Gus Poyet? As a manager, he's across the clubs that he's he's coached, the the clubs in China, the clubs in in Chile, in France, in Spain, he's used a couple. Di- he's used four three three. He's also used four two three one. I believe. I believe he got flack for once using doing maybe messing around with four four two. I remember seeing that earlier today. Um, I have to confirm that first. But what do you, what do you think he would use, and what would you do? What would you do in his position? Well, I mean. <laughs> I have to be honest, guys. Uh, I'm not too sure what we can expect formation-wise. What I do know is uh, because I mean, obviously, he's missing a lot of key players. There's no Manolas. Yep. There's no Papastathopoulos. There's no Masuras. There's no Vrusai. Uh, there's no Zeka in there. There's no Fortunis. He's missing a lot of key players in there. Uh, in my opinion, when you have a healthy Fortunis, you can only play a four-two-three-one formation, especially when you're Greece and not Olympiacos, where you have so much more quality around there, especially down the wings or, you know, in midfield on a good day and in attack, 4-2-3-1 is what you have to go with. Personally, I've said it before, but this is more of a, a couch kind of, a sofa kind of manager here. In my opinion, 4-2-3-1 for Greece, Vlachodimos in goal, Boldok on the right, Tsimikas on the left, Manolas Mavropanos at centre-back, Zeka Bukalakis in midfield, well, of the of the players called up, who would you pick? You pick Baldock oh. for right back. <laughs> pick oh, who? Oh. Pick pick oh. from the the call up sheet. Let's stick oh. with the call up. Sheet. Can we get the call not up with sheet the up? not with what we want. Not the dream. Let's pick what we got. Pick can I, what can we've I have got. the sheet up again, please? Sure, absolutely. So yeah. we've got uh, here's your here's your list right here. Now remember, of course, Stafilidis has been replaced by Liratzis, and mm. as we said before, Adrutos and Kaziovanis are replacing. Rusai and Masuras. Yeah. Well, okay. So Vlahodimos in goal. Tsimikas at left back. Mavropanos Hadziriakos center back. Mm-hmm. On the right, well, uh, I guess he's going to go with Andrutsos, but I would like to try Kiriakopoulos. Kiriakopoulos has been doing really well at Sassuolo at left back and has attracted interest from uh, Lazio. Maurizio Sari yeah. is very interested in him. Uh, midfield. Let's see what we got there. 
Ρώτα, Σιόπ. Σιόπ is definitely in there. Μπουχαλάκι in there. Αλεξανδρόπουλος, maybe a 4-3-3 then. So, uh, let me go again. Βλαχοδήμος in goal. Κυριακόπουλος right back, Τσιμίκας left back. Uh, Μαυροπάνος Χατζηδιάκος in at center back. Σιόπης, Μπουχαλάκης, Αλεξανδρόπουλος in midfield. And up front, well, you can't play all three of them, can you? You can't go Γιακουμάκης, Παυλίδης and Δουβίκας. Uh, Or can you? It's a friendly, so fuck it, yeah. See if you can create a little MSN or BBC over there. Or MSG, you know, why not? Oh, that's that's very interesting. I, I like friendly. that. Who cares? It's a friendly, you know, go for it. I like that. I like that. That's very interesting. Platon Papas coming in here, not 3-5-2 again. My friend, I don't think I've ever seen I couldn't find a single game where Gus Poyet used that. So I don't think you have to worry about 3-5-2 being used. It does not seem like he will use that. He's if he never used it before, I don't see why he would use it now. What about For you? me? Yeah. I would so I would stick with the four two three one. Pascal likes in goal, obviously. Of of <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm put I'm putting him, yeah. Uh Vlachovimo. Uh and then left, of course. Uh I can't not play Tsimikas. He's probably the best player on the team now, so he's gotta be in there. Uh, I've already made my feelings known about Zavella, so that's not happening. Kadzidiakos, Mavropanos, I think, are both uh, solid defenders. They can play off of each other, and I'd rather just see the two of them in there. For right back, I, uh, I, I am interested. I want to give Lazarus Rota a shot because given how anemic offensively we've been, we really, really need somebody that can overlap and Rota I want I want to see him he does it well for Ike and I think he can have like that Holebas effect for this national team like Holebas did for us now in some cases Holebas will get himself too far forward but I remember a lot of those Fernando Santos games where Holebas was our only spark going forward and I think he can do something like that for us I'm willing to forgive his defensive liability or uh, liabilities we'll say uh, for that And in the center mid, I I want to see Alexandropoulos start. I do because uh, we don't we have plenty of sixes on this team, plenty of them, but we don't have a lot of like of of real playmakers. Where's no? There's no more Tsiartas, You know what I mean? There's no yeah. there's no Caragunis here. Nobody that you can really hope that, that has some good vision. Bukhalakis has it for Olympiacos. He's leading the team in through balls, which is kind of sad to say. So. Bukhalakis is also a leader on the team. Every team he's a part of, he usually gets the captain badge here and there. We've heard that he's very vocal, just like Bacasetas is, which is why both of them see the field a lot. So I am not going to be surprised if I see Bukhalakis on the field. People are going to keep complaining that he's slow with possession, but he's going to do his job defensively and we'll get the occasional through ball out of him. But I want to see him next to a young guy, Alexandropoulos, because I really think that could be a recipe for success. And if not that, I'd like to see Alexandropoulos next to Siopis, because Siopis's energy is amazing. This guy can run all day. Do I think he's the most technically gifted player? No. Do I see him creating chances for us to, to make up? No, but he's a solid six. He can win the ball, and he's got a lot of energy, and he doesn't lose the ball cheaply. And that's also, that also works. So I'd be fine with either of those two duos. For my number 10, I went through a whole bunch of game footage for the Greek national team before we came live here. And funny enough, we have never actually seen Madalos play as a 10 for the Greek national team. 
Now, I don't think he's the best 10 we've seen. He always does well in Greece, but not anywhere else. In the Greek Super League, I should say. But I'd be curious to see him play as a real 10 for once in our lives for the Greek national team, just out of curiosity. And then if that doesn't work out, I don't mind seeing Pelkas either. Pelkas has done quite well at Fenerbahce. And he's a player that's kind of grown on me. I never used to like him at Pauk, but since leaving Pauk, he's grown on me a little bit. Um, we've seen more that he can offer. I do not want to see Bacasetas played as a 10. I, he doesn't excel at the 10 position as a creative 10, but if he's used like he's used in Turkey and it's more like a second striker, somebody that that kind of floats around and rips opportunities we can. He has a cannon of a shot, a cannon, guys. He also runs all day too. He's very vocal also. I don't mind seeing him playing in formation-wise in that area of a 10, but I don't want to see him as the focal point of our offense. He wouldn't be my preference to start. I don't mind seeing him there as long as there's a strategy to use him. And it's to use him as a vulture to get the ball and to, to rip shots when he has opportunities and to distribute laterally if need be. But he's not a creative player. And if we're looking for a 10 that's going to spur creation in this team, it's not Bacasetas. He can do everything else, and I'm fine with that. But my choice, at least for the friendly, is to see how Madalos does as a 10 for the first time with the national team. And then my striker, it's going to be Yakumakis. I want to see. Oh, sorry for the wings. I am okay. I am okay with with Duvikas playing on one of those wings. And you know what? I don't. And Limio. I I want to. hasn't been awful this season. I've watched a few of his games. I still don't think he's a high IQ, but he does have some flair. He's got speed too. Uh, which would be helpful for us. I don't see, I actually, I shouldn't say that. I do see us playing on the counter because somehow Greece always finds a way to be defensive, even against crappy teams. And his speed has been helpful. He was garbage for us in most of the qualifiers, but he does have some traits that we need. So I would like to see either one of them. And hopefully we see some nice overlaps with uh, from our, our, our wing backs for both of them. I would like to see that with Yakumakis at the striker, because I believe there's enough on this team to give the proper service that's required for a, a character like Yakumakis. And that's, he needs service. He needs service. And if you give him service, look what happens. He has never played on a national team where he's had lots of service under JVS. In the one game he did, he did score. And he actually had decent service. It did happen once. So let's see that. Let's see that. Romania is not an amazing team, but they're not a joke either. So it'll be a decent test because I think they're around our, our caliber. Our caliber. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel regarding the uh, the starting lineup. What do you think? Do you like uh, my yeah. picks? I, I like your picks. Um, I, I, I would be very interested to see how Rota would do at right back. I would like to, to, to try someone over there. Uh, see, Mikas cannot leave the left-back position. I mean, he needs to be established as the number one. You can't have somebody winning over the Liverpool crowd that came up with an amazing chant for him today that came out of Abba's Gimme. Incredible chant. If you guys haven't listened to it, go on Twitter and give it a go. I would like to see Rota and Kiriakopoulos uh, try it out over there. Uh, Madalos, yeah, that'd be interesting to see as a number 10. Yakumakis needs to be... Uh, our striker. I mean, this is a guy that if he gets momentum, he just can't stop. I'm not too sure about Limnos, but to be honest, I haven't seen him play in Germany or the Netherlands. Where is he now? He's on loan from Köln too. Correct. Where is he? Now? Yeah, he's on loan, but where? Where at? 
Anyway, uh, let's see. Where are you? Where are you, Limios? Where are you? He's at Twent. FC Twente. Yeah, he's at Twente. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen him play, to be honest with you. Uh, the fact that he's on loan makes me think that Köln are not too keen on him. No. But yeah, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of experimenting uh, in the next uh, couple of uh, couple of games. I do hope Gaspoy is going to figure out what it is that he wants and what it is he can do with those players. Because joking aside, guys, Greece needs to uh, to win in the Nations League. We need to win the Nations League uh, group. We need to move to Group B. That cannot go on anymore. Yep. No, you listen. You're you're preaching to the choir here. If look, it, it always pains me when I see, you know, North Macedonia doing what we can't do. It it just like it's a dagger to my heart. There's no there's no excuse. You know what I mean? We can do it. There is a strategy to do it. We just have to pick the right players and the players that are in form and build a team on that. Look, yeah. you when once you find that core, the correct core. That's the operative word. The correct core. JVS picked the wrong core of players and we bit it because of it. You need to pick the correct core of players that have the right mentality, a winner's mentality, not players that are, oh, you know, it was a draw with Maldo or we want barely a one nothing win. They had to go man down for us to win. We're happy with that. No, absolutely not. You draw with Kosovo. I want to see players that are pissed. No, we needed to win. It wasn't good enough. Well, hopefully we're going to see it in the Nations League. Hopefully we're going to see that in the Nations League. You know, that, exactly. That no more derbies with Kosovo. No more fucking no. derbies with Kosovo. Mm-mm. No way. Got a question here from Platon Papas. Could we see Vrusai as a right back on the national team? Uh, well, at least not these friendlies. He's got COVID, man. Yeah. So it's we're not going to see that. It's possible. If he's playing more for Olympiacos in a right back position, I could see that. But I'll, I'm honest. I'll be honest with you guys. I was really surprised to see Vrusai's name on that sheet. I he, I just don't think he's played enough to warrant a call up. And I love the kid. I really do. I love seeing as many Libyacos players as, as possible on these teams. But if they're not playing, I, I don't understand what the call up was for. I, I mean, Adrutos is kind of one of those things where, look, I mean, you know, we have players going in and out here, and he has played for us intermittently or at the very least the B team. I don't necessarily agree with that call up either, but whatever, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens with the with the friendlies. Costa, one more question before we, for you before we kind of finish things up here. And there was some discussion about this. There were posts about this. Who's the captain? There were discussions that Simikas is in the conversation. Of course, Bakasetas is in the conversation. And Bukalakis. Who's the captain? Well. And Vlakodimos, I believe, as well. I believe Vlakodimos was put in there. I remember Siovas gave an inter- gave an interview. Uh, sorry, Siovas gave an interview to Sport Igostesar, and he insisted Fortuny should have it because he was the most senior player. But to me, a captain is something a little, a lot more holier than that. It's somebody who speaks out. He's somebody who keeps everyone in line. Somebody who makes an exa- who who sets an example. Some guy who sets a standard. And in order to answer that question for you, my friend, I need to be in the locker room. I need to be in the dressing room. I need to see how they speak to each other. You mentioned Bukhalakis. Does he really bring much as a captain at Olympiacos? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure if he does. He doesn't, I mean, surely he doesn't bring as much as Predrag Djordjevic used to bring. As I, a don't captain at Olympiacos. Or, I don't believe that. Or Karadaidis, or, or even mm-hmm. Kiriakos Karadaidis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's quite a question um, over there. Timika speaks a lot. Timikas is very vocal. 
I didn't mind it when Unai Emery made the players vote on the captain because, like I said, it needs to be somebody the players look up to. The, that yep. the guy that you know, if he starts yelling at you, if he starts like dishing at you, you're gonna fucking listen. You're not gonna brush it away. You're gonna say, oh, "Fuck you." You're gonna go for it. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Uh, Bukalakis has the traits. Bakasetas is the captain. Madalos is the uh, captain at Ajax. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's those three really right now. Those three. The, the, if Manolas comes in, he's in the running. Papastathopoulos, if he comes in, he's in the running. Let's see. Maybe the friendlies will help answer that question. Who's your pick? So uh, before we get into my my pick, Costa, we've got some uh, accolades for you here, buddy. Alex Papalexadro, Costa Llanos, gradually climbing to uber journalism status. Listen, <laughs> hey, hey. He's going to be the next Fabrizio Romano. Buffet. Oh, my I'm God. Waiting. Oh, I'm Jesus. Waiting. Stop. Oh, God. No pressure, guys. No pressure. <laughs> Thank you very much for the comment. I really appreciate it. And to be honest with you, and I have to, I'm going to say this right now. I had a blast at, at Yotami Panagiotopoulos. I spent the last two uh, years of school there. Uh, I met some amazing people, uh, the best people. I have made some amazing friends. From that school, I love that school. I still love it to death. I have only one complaint about Yotami Panagiotopoulos, and that is that I only got to spend two years at that school. Oh, oh not your that. captain! Come on, not your captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for my for my captain, it's look, I I don't like personally when goalkeepers are captains. I when I Why? played. And when I played and goal and the goalkeeper was the captain, it just he's all the way back there a lot of the time. He's screaming. You can sometimes you can barely hear what he's saying. And for and I had the best experiences when in games when I wasn't the captain, when the captain was right there near me. So I always am of the belief personally that the captain has to be a field player. Because what what, what if the goalkeeper just calls the uh, the the defender? Sometimes the managers do that. Call the defender, yes. say Go to the striker, tell him blah blah blah. This and this, but they, not, they don't really give instructions. More like you know, no, boosting their confidence, really. Isn't that it? that's exactly like I've never I I've never been on a team where the captain was like shouting instructions at you. It was always boosting you, like hey, do like or setting you straight. Tell you know, not maybe sometimes fixing your positioning or be like, hey, you need to do better. They're, the the best captains that I played with were the best motivators, not people yeah. that tried to coach on the field the best captains i played with were always the best motivators and that's what i look for i and funny enough the best captains i played with were always some kind of midfielder always and mainly it's because as a midfielder you're you're more likely to be involved with all aspects of play uh fetanos here <laughs> give the goalkeeper a megaphone <laughs> wise ass here i love it but no seriously the the best the best captains I play with were always in that midfield because usually they're the ones that are getting involved more things they're present they're always in your ear they're screaming at you and it, it's part of it's a proximity thing part of its personality thing the reason I brought up Bukhalakis before is we've seen him we've seen so many different coaches have included him in plans and they have commented on the fact that he's vocal so I don't think he has that presence like a Georgievich I agree with you there but he keeps finding himself. Just like Bacasetas too, in those positions where they're they're seen, they have vocal Savelas too. These guys are vocal guys. It's their personality. And 
look, we're not in the locker rooms. We don't know who responds, responds to what. We just know that there's certain players we do like, we don't like, but we don't see everything. You don't know who's that guy in the locker room that's juicing everybody up. You know what I mean? And there were there were teams I played with where, you know, when after we play games, you'll be like, God, why is this guy on your team? I was like, listen, he's he might not be so good on the field, but you don't understand what this guy does in the locker room. Or you don't understand when you're on the field. And yeah, he might not be the most technical player, but man, I mean, he's the guy you want in your corner when things go sour because he's the guy that you rally around. It's it's all all of these things that happen on the field are very difficult for us to see. It wouldn't surprise me. Now, my pick, if if it were me personally, because I wouldn't give I wouldn't give the captain to Bacasetas because when you give somebody the captaincy for me, it almost makes him unsubable. That's how I view it. Mm-hmm. You pick somebody that's your captain. That's got to be somebody that's you. You not only want him on the team, but he's also not going to like weigh the team down. And if we're not going to use Bacasetas correctly, it's going to do nothing but agitate all of us. I don't care how good of a motivator he is. I worry about giving it to Bukalakis. I, I worry just because he's also a confidence guy. When you have a confidence guy as your motivator, if he's not confident, he's not motivating. That's also something to worry about. I wouldn't, like I said, not goalkeeper. I wouldn't give it to Vlakodimo. Uh, I would, I, maybe Tsimikas. I'd give it to Tsimikas. Yeah, I'd be Start building him up. Yeah. It's just like, I, like, I, I'm one of the staunchest defenders of Bukhalakis. I've all I, I have been, but like I mm, I have I have a tough time giving a confidence guy the, the captain's armband. Yeah. That's that's just me. I think the main issue here is that we need more Greek players uh, gaining European experience or top five league experience. The latter is a little harder, but I love what ha- what's happening with Bauk right now, because maybe that could help them finally create some European identity. I don't know what to make about the conference still. I still don't understand its existence. I still don't understand what it brings to the football community and why it's there. What is a Europe, uh, a Europa, a Europa conference league? I mean, the way I describe it is it's uh, it's intertoto it's intertoto after plastic surgery. Uh, don't I'm question. Not... Don't question it. We've got we've got more coefficient points now for the Greek league than we've had for like a decade. So don't don't, don't, don't listen. We're getting coefficient points in if things finish out how we want. If the if Slavia Praha loses, then we're in two years. We'll have two teams back in the Champions League again. So I, don't ask questions. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. But what I want to say is I'm glad that it's around because. A lot of Pauk players are getting are gaining European experience, are gaining a European identity, and that's something we didn't have with JVS because he wouldn't play the Olympiacos guys. And what he had was a bunch of players who didn't know anything about top-level football, but now there's more of that happening right now. Right. Very interested to find out. Yeah. It uh look, listen, I'll take if as long as it's gonna give us coefficient points. I'm going to take it. I just hope I see that Ike and Adis don't screw it up next time, losing like the first and second rounds of this yeah. qualification of this competition. Yeah. But Costa, we're, we're over an hour here. Yep. Like, man, we, we, did we, it keep trying to, we did it again, man. We're, we always target for these 40 minutes, you know, and here we are. Everybody we that's fun. We do. We really do. We there, there's much so fun. much fun, so much to talk about. And the soldiers that are sticking with us through this, thank you guys. 
Thank you guys for listening, especially if you've made it this far. If you haven't done so already, join the mission, the Gate 7 International Mission, which is to make the largest and best red-white community that exists. We're making this global, boys and girls. Olympiacos is a big European club. They deserve it. Well, sorry, I don't have my Olympiacos Fanello on. This is the Ethnic Yomada. But, but we, this is a big club. And let's make this the big, the biggest community the best worldwide community that Libyakos deserves. And thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. Gosta, it was a pleasure. Always, always mine, guys. Always mine. Always an honor to be around you guys. And have a great night, everybody. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. We'll see you next time. Oh,